Hi folks, Pastor Russ here. Thank you for tuning in to hear this week's message. It is our prayer and our hope that this message will be an encouragement to you. And so we just want to say blessings to you as you listen to this week's message. seen that video before. I'm old, but I wasn't here when Noah did that. Genesis 6 starts by saying, when men <clears throat> began to increase in number on the earth and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw the daughters of men were beautiful and they married many of them as any of them they chose. Then the Lord said, my spirit will not con contend with man forever for he is mortal. His days will be 120 years. Nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterwards when the sons of God went to the daughters of men and had children by them. They were the heroes of old men of renown. And the Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become and that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil all of the time. The Lord was grieved that he had made man on the earth and his heart was filled with pain. So the Lord said, I'll wipe mankind from whom I've created from the face of the earth, men and animals and creatures that move along the ground, birds of the air, for I'm grieved that I have made them. But Noah 
found grace, found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Now, he was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth had corrupted. Can I read that again? God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all the people, for the earth is filled with the violence because of them. Hold your, hold your finger right there, because I want to read something that Jesus said. And when I found out this was the direction that Pastor had, de had designed months and months ago, it stirred my heart because I read these words, and I've heard these words. You probably have too, but in Matthew <clears throat> chapter 24, Jesus, right in the middle of all these red letters that was printed here, Jesus was talking about a lot of things. But here's one thing he said, Matthew 24. Listen to this. He was talking about the end times. Now, we learned from Brian Young when he was here with the creation. I appreciated his ministry because he said something. If you want to know the end of the world, look at the beginning. And Jesus really is pointing that out right here. No one knows about that day or the hour his coming back. Not even the angels in heaven, not the Son, but only the Father. Underline this, verse 37. As it was in the days of Noah, so will it be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage. Up to the day Noah entered the ark. And we've heard a lot of confusion in our world today, and they don't understand the word. They don't understand the importance of what God has been trying to do. They just deny he's not there. It's not him. It's something else. It's not even anything to worry about. There's nothing happening, but when I began to look around, and it happened in my mind about two or three years ago when all of a sudden in our country, there were a lot of people that went absolutely nuts. And this is not a political statement. It's a statement of fact that we have a civilization in America today that is a result of the denial of putting, leaving Bibles in the school and praying in the school and honoring God and taking them out of our, our conversation, taking him out of politics, taking him out of everything. Took him out. It's taken several generations, folks, but we're there now. These are those days Jesus was talking about. I'm not a prophetic pastor, I, a preacher. I appreciate so much what Pastor Niles would preach, and I would just listen, write notes, and, but listen. Do you hear what Jesus said? In the days that the end is coming, 
the days that are be generated, the time in which we live, these things are going to happen just like they happened in Noah's day. So that's where we are today. That's what I want to talk about. These are those days. As it was, it will be again. And we, we, it's amazing to me that God found one guy. What's scary is how many is he going to find in our day? And that's, that's what I'm hoping and praying today, have been for several weeks now, as this has been pressing harder and harder. Because, folks, you're here today. And so this is, not a this is not a message to make you feel guilty. It's to help you understand we are in the minority. I heard Pastor Niall say there's 83% of the counties around here. You correct me if I'm wrong. 83% are not in church today. 83%. That's a lot of people, isn't it? Lance figured that out told me. That's a lot of people. This is just Iowa, part of the Bible Belt. This is supposed to be a religious state. Well, I'm being glad you're not living where it's not religious state. Our country is rocking and reeling from the effects of the degradation of men's hearts. Let's never make a mistake and think that we can just wink at sin that it's just a matter of your opinion, Paul. Just a matter of your opinion whether you do this or you do that. No, it's not a matter of my opinion. If you really knew me, you'd know I'd be a too soft a guy. I love people. I, I make allowances for people. And, and God does not make an allowance for sin. For the wages of sin is death. That's pretty, that's pretty awesome to think about. And Noah found grace in the eyes of God. He put together an ark. I don't believe anybody had ever done that before. It was bigger than this sanctuary. I don't know. I'm not good with, I don't even know how long this is. It's pretty long. I don't think I could throw a football through there, so it's a long ways. The ark was bigger, it was taller, it was wider, 75 feet wide. A lot of people could have got in that ark. A lot of animals did. But after building for 120 years, he's about 500 when he, a little over 500 years old when he started when I thought retirement was tough in Iowa. Phew. I don't think I'm going to make it to 500, but he built, and he built, and he built. What do you think the population was doing as he was doing that? Same criticism that we get from the world of, well, why do you have that church anyhow? Why do you go? Why do you read? Why, do you, why, you be, why are you a killjoy? Why are you against fun? Why are you against a great time? Why are you against gambling? Why are you just make the list out? 
It's sin that causes us to become degraded. When Jesus said this, he said, in the days before the flood, people were eating, drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage, and they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them away. That's how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. <clears throat> Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Maybe this year. I'm just saying. It's getting close. Two women will be grinding with the handmill. One will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep watch. Because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch, would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you don't expect him. That uh, video was pretty graphic, wasn't it? Pretty awesome to realize there were people just going about their lives doing as if they'd always done what they'd done and that they would always be doing it. Tonight, we have people in our world today that are doing the same thing. <clears throat> one, one lady that Jesus met had been married four times and was living with the fifth one. Jesus knew it. And, and she said, well, I'm going to go home and get my husband. He said, which one are you going to get? She went home, didn't get her husband, but you know what she said to the people in her home? In her hometown, come and meet the man who's told me everything I've ever done. Jesus doesn't come to condemn. He comes to save. He doesn't come to destroy. He comes to build. For the, for the wages of sin is death, and the, and the destruction of sin is forever. But he said, I, Jesus said, I have come to give you life. The ark was safety. Nobody got on the ark but Noah, his wife, his three boys, and their wives. Eight people. Eight people. The rain started, and the earth erupted, and the judgment of God was completed. They were on that ark for over a year. The water was flooding for 150 days. It took a long time for that water to go away. That's the reason why he had that little notice in there about sending out the raven. He was wondering, well, how long is this going to take? Finally, since the dove came back enough times, and finally said, well, it's time to get off of here. And they did. That's the story, in, in fact, that's the, the, the if, you, if you went in sequence there, chapter 6 was the judgment, chapter 7 is the, is the judgment carried out, chapter 8 in Genesis is redemption. Matthew 24, 25, 20, that's redemption. Jesus was talking about redemption. If you know when the Lord is coming, if you're paying attention, when he comes, your light your, your, your candle will be ready. Your life will be ready. You'll be ready. And we'll rejoice 
when we see that day coming. It's, it is coming. And when it was finished, and they were allowed to get off the boat. By the way, let me back up a minute. They got on the boat. All the animals got on the boat. And um, um, Brian had a depiction of the ark, and many artists have said that, that there was, it was a ramp where the hinge was on the bottom of the ark three stories down, and, and there wasn't any way for the Noah and his family to pull that, to pull that ramp up to shut the door. And the Bible says God reached down and shut the door. You see, the symbol of the ark is a symbol of salvation. It's God's plan. It's God's purposes. It's God's point in saying to you, I love you enough to create an ark big enough to hold everybody here and every, all of your relations and everybody in Stanislaus County. Stanislaus County? Well, yeah, them too. But uh, Pocahontas County? There's room. We sing a song sometimes called There's Room at the Cross for You. Though millions have died, there's still room for one. There's still room. The ark was an ark of safety, an ark of salvation, an ark of life, and he shut the door. I don't know who opened it, but I don't suppose it was too scientific. Probably unlocked it and kicked it. I don't know, but... The cross becomes, in Jesus' day, Jesus becomes the ark. The cross becomes the door. No one comes to the Father but by me. The message is the same, isn't it? God has provided salvation. And we certainly can see the evidence of the need of salvation all around us. If you ever get tired of, of, of this pastor saying these things to you, then get over it because I'm going to keep saying it. There's a reason and a purpose for us to grow in our most holy faith. The, the, it isn't just to get ourselves to heaven. That's important. But you have neighbors that are lost. You have loved ones that are lost. We have people sitting here today that are lost. I didn't, I, I can't judge anybody. I don't know that for a fact, but I I suspect there may be some sitting on the fence. You can't sit on the fence very long. You just can't. Choose you, Joshua said, choose you this day. As they were getting ready to go in the Holy Land, choose this day who you'll serve. Because we're going in the Holy Land. Choose this day who you're going to serve and get in the ark. The ark is open. Jesus is still here. He's still working. He's still drawing. You know, that's the Holy Spirit drawing when, he, when we have a little twinge of conscience or we have a troubled heart or we have a moment when we think, man, I need to, I, I need to get, I need to get help. That's not Satan telling you you need to get help. That's the Holy Spirit who has come to guide us into all truth. And that truth is what will save us. Isn't it interesting that at the end of that whole experience with the ark, 
as soon as Noah got off the ark, he took one of the male lambs, one of the rams, male rams, and he sacrificed it on an altar to God. And the word said the aroma of that, of that sacrifice rising to heaven pleased the Lord. And he made a promise that he would never do that again. And uh, that promise was sealed with this beautiful rainbow. And you, I, I picked this up in this study, Russ, that, that he, he put that rainbow where he did so he could see it, so God could see it. And we can see it. He's being reminded of the covenant he made. I'll never do it. I'll never flood that thing again. We'll, we'll do something else. We'll make some other way. But that rainbow is something that reminds God, and it reminds us. Isn't it too bad that that rainbow's been co-opted for other reasons? But the word says the reason for the rainbow is for the recognition that the judgment of flooding won't happen again and that salvation is a, is a promise from God because you were obedient and, and uh, did what I asked you to do. We're, gonna, we're not going to do that again. But 2,000 years have gone now since Jesus made this comment. A few more years than that was, was the flood, way back when. But it's, it's just amazing to me that from, from uh, I, I didn't do the math, maybe I should have, but from the time of Adam, maybe even till Noah, there was almost 2,000 years. Those guys lived a long time. In fact, Methuselah was, was Noah's great-grandpa. <clears throat> he was 969 years old. Do you know when he died? When it started raining. When the flood was, when the flood started and the ark was completed and the flood, Methuselah died. But 120 years was, uh, was uh, the extension. That was the extension of grace from the time he said it grieved him for making the world. I'll give him 120 years. 120 years to hear the message, they didn't listen. And now, since those days till these days, 2,000 years since Christ, what, 4,000 years Christ was uh, after the flood? Don't hold me to that, but that sounds reasonable. But it's 2,000 years since Christ, and the world isn't saved yet. And the evilness of the world is getting worse. So, folks, we still have a job to do. When, um, when I was in my ordination service, we heard this, uh, we heard this word <clears throat> that, uh, that Paul made to Timothy. He said, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage <clears throat> with great patience. 
careful instruction. For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, they'll suit their own desires. They will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn back or turn away from the truth and turn aside to miss. But you keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge the duties of your ministry. We took that to heart as a pastor, ordained elder in the church. But all of us have that same charge. All of us. And when we love him and we appreciate what he's done and what he's doing in our lives, how can we not share that with those who are around us? Just as in the days of Noah, they don't want to hear us, but it's hard to ignore somebody who's trying to, who's trying to love you. I want to finish with this. Years ago, before Roberta and I got married, I, I had met her parents, wonderful Christian people. I didn't know them, but I heard her testify. Mom said I was born in a church in uh, Nebraska, and she moved to California, got married, had, had uh, Roberta, and uh, somebody, a neighbor, had kept inviting them to church. And she thought, you know, just to be, get the guy out of their hair, the church was having a revival, and so they said, well, we'll go. And that was the first time in that message, in that revival, Pastor Lawson, I met him, older man, now, he, well, he's gone now, but he was old when I met him. And guess what he preached? You must be born again. And Mom said that was the first time in my in my life that I ever heard those words Jesus said it you must be born again the sin problem must be taken care of and it's taken care of because of the cross and when we accept Christ as the Lord and Savior the Holy Spirit comes and we're born again new brand new baby Christians and now here we are years years later, we're still growing. We haven't learned it all. We need to be obedient. The flood's coming. It did come. But the end is coming. We need to be warning. We can warn. Doesn't mean that we go around with a, a, a pain look on our face. Let's go around with a, a look of love and compassion because it's coming as sure as the flood came. No doubt about it, there's eight other civilizations around the world besides Americans and the British. There's other cultures have talked in their culture about the flood that happened. It really did happen. <clears throat> Just to get the world saved. The cross is still, the, the cross is still empty. The Savior is still Jesus. Would you stand? Father, we give you praise for your great
patience with us. We also thank you for the gift of the mission you've given us. We're not going to just sit by and twiddle our thumbs, Lord. We want to be about your business, and it's still seeing the lost found and redeemed and born again. And you said, be filled with the Spirit where we can live with power from on high to accomplish this mission of seeing this world, this country, this generation, no matter how flaky we think they may be, Lord, you love them and have a great plan for them. So, Lord, I pray that you'll help us in Palmer, in Iowa, in California, in, oh, my goodness, all across this world, Lord. And may we be found faithful. May we find grace in your, in your sight as, I, as Noah did. And we'll give you the praise for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for watching this week's message. It is our heart to follow up with people if they've responded to something that God did in that message. One thing we want to note is if you just gave your life to Christ and you prayed that prayer at the end to receive him into your life, we want to send you this free resource called Now What? And this is a journal that comes with the Bible, and it's designed to help you grow and take the next steps in your faith journey. If you're interested in receiving this free resource, we encourage you to simply reach out and connect with us here at the bottom of the screen. You'll see you can email us or you can send us a text message. Simply text BELIEVE to the number that you see here on the screen. We want to get this into your hands so that you can grow in your faith. And it's our heart here at Faith Community Church to help you grow in your relationship with Christ. Thanks for watching.